Download Adam Sank's last comedy album on Amazon, iTunes, or Google Play. We're already in the shower together. <laughs> the risk has been taken. <laughs> if I don't blow you, the risk will have been for nothing. Warning. The program you're about to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material. Ryan, pull down your pants. <laughs> JB, you start sucking. The host, a comedian of questionable talent, speaks incessantly on topics of a sexual and scatological nature. I will fuck you, but I will not eat you. I want that fucking dick down my throat while I'm dicking him down. I hope my mother's listening. Your ass became a rosebud? Yeah, that's because I got dicked down real good. <laughs> he asks questions of his celebrity guests that are highly inappropriate and rude. Which of you has a bigger penis? Oh, that's a good one. That's a fun, good one. Going down on the clitoris? Oh, yes. Oh, I Absolutely. like where you're going with yep. this. For some reason, the word strap-on just comes right out of my mouth, Bianca. Yeah, you said come and strap-on at the same time. Mm -hmm. And he cannot stop talking about his buttocks. I think your butt is telling you, no mas, por favor. <laughs> this is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. <laughs> and now... The one, the only... Hello, it's Adam Sank! God, that's a high note he hits. Welcome to the Adam Sank Show. We are not live, but this is a brand new episode. If you're listening at 11 a.m. Eastern on Saturday, February 8th. God damn it, it's February 8th, 2020. Sorry about that. Still writing 2019 on my checks. At dnrstudios.com, the only place you can hear this podcast throughout the week that it first airs. If you listen somewhere else, please, for God's sakes, leave us your ratings and reviews. Uh, it really makes a difference. Email me, me, at adam at adamsank.com. Like the Facebook page. Download the comedy albums. Come see me live. It's coming up. It's next week in Oakland, California. February 15th, I will be the celebrity MC of Elder Pride 2020. Visit the Elder Pride 2020 Facebook page for more information and tickets today. On this here podcast, we have two of my favorite guests, the mindless chatter guys, Brian Balthazar and Lauren Roosh. And just in time for Valentine's Day week, they, what is Valentine's Day week? <laughs> Valentine's week. Uh, they're going to be talking about celebrity couples. Who's hot? Who's not? And why do we give a shit? I, I still ask myself this. I'm 49 years old. Uh, well, almost 49 years old, February 23rd. And uh, I still care about who's dating whom in Hollywood. It doesn't affect me, but I want to know. So we'll be talking to them about that. But first, it's, uh, it's time to welcome back. He was here two weeks ago. He's here again. He just won't stay away. <laughs> Filling in for Ryan Frostig, we have the very British Simon Mathis. Hello, hello, Welcome hello. back, Simon. The applause oh, is always applause delayed is for there. you. Yeah, absolutely. The audience is like, huh? What? Ryan's oh, on uh, He is as beautiful as we thought he was, yes. Yeah. Is that stunning? They hold for a moment as they absorb my presence, and then it happens. Your white, white skin. My white, pink. It's pink. It's really very, very pink. But the most important thing you should know is, since the time of recording, between time of airing, it's been my birthday. Happy birthday! No! Now, you are, I will be, you're younger than me. I am... Significantly <laughs> younger than you, but no, 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 no. It's true. I am now at time of airing thirty nine, so I'm now rapidly approaching the Honey, big four zero. Enjoy those thirties while they last, but everything starts to drop and sag. Absolutely. Yes. 
<laughs> well, happy 39th, Simon. And uh, I, I hope you have a wonderful, healthy, happy year full of joy and sex and money and spiritual fulfillment in that order. Mm. Uh, Simon, I know that you love when I ask you personal sexual questions because uh, <laughs> you have your, your rather uptight family listening in, in London. Oh, they're not listening. They don't know about this. Have they never listened? Of course not. No one's been told. You're, you're the announcer for this show. I feel I like it's, it's something they would be proud of. Well, no. uh, here's my question. Have you ever used any kind of food or food product to masturbate? I have not. I can tell you a definite, that's a definite no. Never. No. Do you, what do you just use lube or? Yeah. Just now you're a dry hand and spit. You're an unusual Brit because you're circumcised. This is all the information we do want to share. Yes, uh, I, I was. I, I'm I, not going to say how I, I know that, I, I, but I, I do know. We, that. we have conversed on this before because the expectation, especially in the U.S., is that all Europeans aren't. And I was for medical reasons when I was about three. Well, I support that, as you know. I'm very pro circumcision. Um, the reason I bring this up, though, is because, and okay, I want to qualify. This is one of these stories that is a, a very questionable uh, accuracy because I could only find two sources for it. One is The Sun, oh. which, Simon, you can tell us what that is. It's a, um, a tabloid newspaper in the United Kingdom that um, has a reading age of about three to four years old. That's and, the actual and, and quality of, of the, No, the actual quality of the writing is for a three to four right. year old. And it was very famous for being the first newspaper in the UK to have a page three model, which is a girl Naked with her tits. boobs out. Yeah. Yes. So this is not a, uh, a trusted news source. And the only other place was, of course, on Queerty which combs the uh, internet for anything penis related. But the headline is, <laughs> the headline is doctors warn men stop masturbating with bananas. What? Who is doing this? Apparently you can take out, you can peel a banana and then take the peel and wrap it around your dick and use it as kind of a, a, a vegetation fleshlight, if you like, Okay. Um, because it's moist and it, it envelops your penis the way a, a, a hole would. And everyone's been making smoothies after they've been to the gym. So it's just like recycling. It's, it's a good exactly idea. It's exactly right. Yeah, there yeah. was actually an episode of the show Weeds years ago where Uncle Andy teaches um, Shane, the younger son, about how to masturbate with a banana. And, uh, and, so, and his mother later comments. She's like, I don't know what, what he's doing with all these bananas. I think he has a potassium imbalance. But anyway, um, supposedly this is bad for you because it can cause infections. This is according to Dr. Diana Gill of the online prescription service Doctor For You. I have a feeling this whole thing is an advertisement for this online prescription service. But Gill says that it can cause sores and infections as well as an unexpected allergic reaction. She says, quote, a person with a banana allergy is more likely to be allergic to the other substances such as latex or other fruits and vegetables. So if you're allergic to latex condoms, which I've never met anyone who is, you may also be allergic to banana skins. The bana and again, according to this completely made up article, this is a trend that more and more men are doing this with bananas. Um, as well as putting toothpaste on their penises to last longer in bed, which experts also caution against. Now, I can understand the, the toothpaste warning because toothpaste is filled with chemicals and also it's abrasive. I can't think of any reason why a banana peel would cause sores on your penis. Well, also, it's like 
if you're allergic to something, don't put it on you. I or mean, I mean, it. I mean, it's like if you have a nut allergy, don't rub nuts on your penis. I mean, it's it's the same time. <laughs> I mean, time. I have and, rubbed nuts on my penis. Let's yeah, be honest. Uh, you are not allergic to those nuts. Um, but it's also, oh, oh, it sounds more like a hygiene thing as well. You'll get sores. It's like, well, if you're getting sores, don't do it, obviously. But a lot of people aren't going to have a reaction if they rub a banana on any part of them. Yeah, I just think a banana peels are relatively innocuous, as are all natural substances. I mean, you know, rubbing a fruit or a vegetable anywhere, I think, is probably safer for you than rubbing any kind of man-made product. But but I'm not a doctor. Why are we fucking fruits and vegetables? Like that's like putting a hole inside really? your watermelon and sticking your dick in it. It's a My very man, legitimate question. Like just eat the food. Eat the food. That's what it's meant for. It's meant but, to be eaten. But not the, to fuck. the skin is left over. You're not going to eat the peels. So I mean, it's like a, it's right. biodegradable. So throw it's, it to a tree, and the tree needs nutrients. Well, you can do that after you uh, come inside it. Exactly. I, I will say, and I think I've said this before on this show. Uh, the only time I've ever masturbated using a, a food of any kind was when I was a teenager. I defrosted a frozen hot dog and tried to stick it up my ass, uh, although it really didn't go very far because I didn't understand about lube and I didn't have any kind of... Uh, how, how defrosted was it? Was it still cold? It was, I would say it was lukewarm. It wasn't frozen, but it was, I didn't cook it. It wasn't hot. I didn't want to burn my hole. <laughs> But uh, I did try doing that. And, and, I, and I'd like to say for the record, and any family members who are listening, I did not eat it and I did not put it back in the freezer. I threw it away. So no one ate my, uh, my butt hot dog. <laughs> Moving on. In other news, this story was everywhere over the past two weeks. I heard it like on every radio show, every podcast, but I, we have to do it because I, I like any story about tortoises. I don't know if the listeners have noticed that the turtles and tortoises are a running motif on the Adam Seg show, but a, um, okay. So there was a species of tortoise that was going instinct. Um, extinct. What did I say? Instinct. Extinct. I think I said it, oh, but I, but I said it strange. with a weird accent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the, Galapagos National Park Service was uh, very worried that, that, that this tortoise was no longer going to exist anymore. So they brought in a 100-year-old tortoise named Diego, who apparently had an unstoppable libido. And when he was first brought in, there were only two males and 12 females left on the Galapagos Island. But when he was done fucking, there were 2,000 of them. Uh. Jorge Carrion, the park's director, says he's, Diego contributed a large percentage to the lineage that are returning to, to Española. There's a feeling of happiness to have the possibility of returning that tortoise to its national natural state. Um, a total of 15 tortoises took part in this breeding program <laughs> breeding to boost the island's population, but none of them fucked as many female turtles as Diego. About 1,800 tortoises have been returned to Española now with natural reproduction. They have approximately 2,000 of them. This shows that they're able to grow, they're able to reproduce. And so this uh, tortoise single-handedly brought back this species from the brink of extinction. So congratulations and thank you, Diego. Thank you for your service. Seriously. Yes. I, I don't... It's hard to imagine turtles having sex... Because the shell is so bulky and kind of in the way of everything, you know? I mean, like, 
their their entire body is underneath that shell, and it's hard, it's hard to know how you would get the turtle penis to go into the turtle vagina. I'm also, it can't be very big. It's a complete aside. But um, Americans and the, the desire to interchange tortoise and turtle seems like there's no distinction between the two. Why don't you quite... explain to us what the distinction is? Well, a turtle has flippers and is in the sea. A tortoise is land-based and has legs. And then in the UK, we also have terrapins as well, which are very pop- were very popular as pets for a while. You can learn things on the Adam Sank exactly. Show, but only when Simon Mathis is guest co-hosting. <laughs> Sounding like a little... But, it's, mean, but I've noticed... It's a, a, he's a, not, we learn a lot about sexual health. But so. It's true. But it's a lot of Americans, I've noticed, just interchange turtle and turtle. Well, what's the difference between a crocodile and an alligator, Mr. Wizard? Uh, I think that... Well, they're two completely different species, and they're different parts of the world. Um, I don't think that's right. I yeah, think they're it, actually no crocodiles the and alligators are two different species. JB says the nose. It's All right. the nose that makes them different. Yeah. Uh, listeners, if you're out there, uh, <laughs> email us the difference between tortoise, between alligators and crocodiles without looking it up. Okay. Uh, speaking of big penises, as we just were in reference to Diego the turtle, uh, Simon, I don't think you had this show growing up uh, because you're ten years younger than me and you grew up in another country. But we had this Batman TV show in the '60s and '70s. It was very campy. Uh, the theme song was like we had that you had that wasn't that Adam West Adam West very good and Burt Ward played Robin oh right yeah yeah. it's all sock pow yes and they'd always head over to London it'd be old Londinium in the fog well it now turns out Burt Ward who's still alive he played Robin he says his dick was too big for TV as you know, they wore these costumes that were basically tights with capes. They were very homoerotic. Uh, the show ran from 1966 to 1968. He said that his bulge was so large that they, the producers of the show prescribed him pills to shrink his cock. Uh, quote, they thought the Robin, that Robin had a very large bulge for television. So they, uh, the studio sent me to see a doctor who prescribed a medication that would shrink me up. He took the pills for three days, and then he decided, you know what? I'm probably not going to be able to have children if I keep taking these. <laughs> and I don't want my dick to be smaller. He didn't say that, but I'm just surmising that. Uh, so he stopped taking them and instead used his cape to cover up his dick. Ward also added that his co-star, late Adam West, who was openly gay, by the way, had the opposite problem. He said his dick was so... (laughs) Burt Ward said Adam West's dick was so small that they put Turkish towels in his undershorts. It's always that way. You always get the feeling. Adam West alone. He is a legend. He's not even alive to defend himself. I know. That is exactly why. But Batman as a character is always one who's overcompensating. Yeah, exactly. And haven't you? It's always the little ones who have the really big ones. Well, it, yes, and it could have been that that Adam West was just a grower, not a shower. But I will say this: as a child, I was very attracted to Robin, uh, probably because I was a boy and I was attracted he to was other less boys. Threatening. He was, yeah, he was very boyish. But it's the ultimate kind of daddy son relationship. Yeah, it? it's very hot, and, and and especially like with the multi millionaire thing. I mean, it's like if you're into the sugar daddy, he really is. Batman is the ultimate one. Yeah. Yeah. I always wonder about John Hamm because, you know, he's got a huge cock as, as we've seen in many pictures of him running in sweatpants and so forth. And, you know, I, when I watch Mad Men, I, I go back and watch the old episodes. I'm like, oh, what, how did they, what do they strap that down? I mean, like, it's so big that it, you, you would be able to see it in normal pants. 
it's a real problem for people. I have it's no problem answer I, for that. Simon, what do you do to hide well, your also, giant they, they were they were looser trousers in the fifties as well, though. So mm. it's, it's it's a much baggier fit. Yes so and no. In, in the sixties, which the show ultimately goes into the mm. late sixties, they they wore very tight pants. So anyway, it's a good problem to have. And uh, congratulations, Bruce Ward, for your big cock. This article doesn't say how old he is now, but he's got to be like in his seventies or eighties. Very hanging, shrivelly ball. <laughs> It's so appealing, Simon. Thank you. Very hanging, shriveling ball. Can they be hanging and shriveling? I think, I think they can. I think we're going to have to cut yeah, that yeah. into a drop that we repeat on the show <laughs> frequently. Um, all right. In uh, Okay, we haven't done a cocktails and cock talk story for a while, so hit it, JB. And now, time for another stupid story from cocktails at cocktalk.com. Yeah, suck my cock. Well, just like the banana peel story, this one I feel is probably made up. One of the things that happens nowadays on the gay blogs is that they'll take something they saw on Reddit and they'll turn it into a story. Now, there's no way to know if the people posting on Reddit are are telling the truth or if they're just making shit up. But this story ran on so many different blogs that I felt like we had to do it. A 23-year-old woman took to Reddit to complain that her boyfriend refuses to wash his own genitals because he thinks it's gay. He also uses a bidet so that he doesn't have to wipe because he apparently touching your asshole is also gay. So he doesn't clean his dick or his ass. Now, first of all, I don't understand how any human being, male or female, could continue having sex with a partner who doesn't wash their dick or ass. Well, clearly he does. I mean, he uses a bidet, so there is some sort of... I wonder but if there's just like... for the butt, though. I know, but there's, How do you say that word, Simon? Bidet. 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 Um, <laughs> my bidet. We say uh, bidet, bidet, as, as the French bidet. would. Uh, it's also uh, urinal. Um, just to say that. <laughs> do you really say urinal? The urinals, yeah. <laughs> oh, that makes it sound so dirty. <laughs> um... <laughs> But, come, come meet me at the urinals. And this person is immediately incredibly tedious. I, I hate them and they don't deserve... I mean, the best thing about them is they will clearly smell so disgusting and they will get infected and their penis will fall off and they will never breed. I just and cannot so imagine how disgusting I, it smells. I mean, he still has a girlfriend. Like, his girlfriend is reporting on this. There's, no. someone dumb in, there's someone dumb enough out there or someone with low self-esteem who will go out with man with stinky nuts and put that inside of her. Like, that's crazy. To me, like, my nuts smell after a day of walking the streets. I have to take a shower. For you to, for you to not take a shower at all is gross. Well, I mean, we don't know the detail. He might just be letting the water wash off. I mean, but it's also, no, how are you, you so to, wrapped up in your own head? And the, you you, the you level, gotta lift up the balls yeah. and scrub under that so you don't get that stinky stink smell. I, the author of the post goes on to explain <laughs> that her, her other half also doesn't jerk off because that would be too gay. Nor does he use public restrooms because it's a place where other men have touched their genitals to. And there's, there's some real issues. Going he on. also won't do her doggy style. Because that's too gay. Many responders to her post uh, said that he was probably a victim of some kind of sexual trauma and that he needs therapy. I just can't imagine how to... I mean, listen, a little bit of of man funk on your junk can be Mm. sexy. A little bit. Mm. I've said this before on the air. If you're if you take a, a long hot shower, lots of soap, you clean yourself well, and then you go to the gym and you sweat a little bit, I'll suck your dick. 
Well, that fresh that sweat smells is, good. Fresh sweat is yeah. different. Yes. But there's a difference between like sweat and like filth. I think as soon as the word funk is involved, we're into a different territory. Yeah. So I don't know if this story is true, but I hope that she breaks up with him or that he begins to I wash. I hope he gets she the therapy no he needs. Yeah, I do too. She also claims that his butt, surprisingly, is not a problem. Like the, 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 that the he bidet actually... The, but, he but, uses the beating. Okay, Simon, but when I shower, and I would hope every man does this, mm-hmm. there is so much soap and finger action going on that inside of my butt is as clean as the outside. A bidet yes. cannot get like up in there and it doesn't have soap in it. No. So I would I mean, still think he's got Japanese a smelly butthole. Those Japanese are really good. And they get yes. all up in... Yeah. Uh, I miss living in Japan sometimes. Sadly, yeah. <laughs> so knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Ew, I want to talk else. about this uh, story. So has, has either of you seen Don't Fuck With Cats on Netflix? No. I saw the trailer for it. I was just like, why? What? I was so confused. It's on my I, watch list. I recommend it highly. I know a lot of people say they can't watch it because it involves animal cruelty, and I understand that. But first of all, the film does a very good job of never actually showing you animal cruelty. It describes it, and it shows you the video up to a certain point, but it always stops before you have to witness it. Mm. It's still a difficult documentary, but it's fascinating. It, it's like a thriller. I don't even want to tell you too much about it because I don't want to spoil it. But I will tell you that it revolves around a guy named Luca Magnota who made headlines um, back in 2012 when he murdered, cannibalized, and dismembered a guy that he met on a, a gay hookup app. This was up in Toronto. And mailed his hands and feet to various uh, locations in Canada. He, he mailed a hand to the prime minister. He mailed a foot to the leader of the opposition party. I mean, he was an absolute psychopath. And... Um, one of the uh, one of our listeners alerted me to the fact that Luca Magnota, since he's been in jail, has gotten married <laughs> to another prisoner named Anthony Jolin. Oh, there's someone for everyone. What? I I am sitting here. I'm pretty sure I am good. Except I'm you too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fuck you guys. This is what I'm saying. Everyone gets married except for me. You can even be an, uh, someone who murders, dismembers, and eats people and is cruel to animals. And have a husband. The two of them were married in 2017 at the Portcartier prison in Canada. Uh, the documented witness to the wedding was Magnota's mom, Anna Yurkin, who's also in the documentary. She's a real piece of work. Um, to make the union official, a notice about the marriage uh, was posted at the Septil Courthouse. I think this is in Montreal, which is why everything's French. For the sake of a honeymoon, the couple wished to use their prison's private family visitation area. However, this request was denied, as was the couple's request for cohabitation. Um, Jolin, his, uh, Anthony Jolin, his husband, is also a violent offender. He not only committed a, a violent crime prior to his incarceration, but also during his incarceration, he was jailed for the execution of a Halifax teenager named Kelly Wilniff. Once in jail, he stabbed fellow prisoner Kevin Weiner to death in the prison shower. He's referred to as a 30-year-old pimp and a white supremacist. Oh, my God. So congratulations, Luca Magnotti, on finding love in prison with another sociopath. Adam, does this mean we have to be completely complete our bastards to find someone that loves us? Because if that's so, 
I think I'm on the right track. <laughs> I'm going to become a cannibal. It's okay, it's okay to yeah. have standards. It's- but it is, I mean, you don't even have to go as far as, as Luca Magnotti. I, I see people that I know to be really horrible people. It's just unlikable, obnoxious, I know toxic, same people. And, yeah. and they have boyfriends and husbands. How terrible <laughs> How am I? What is wrong with me? They also have, they, they, there's, there's relationships and there's unhealthy relationships and there's codependency and there's a lot of other issues going on there. I, I think guess. the best relationship you need to work on is the one with yourself. I know. And I'm working, I'm working on it. Believe yeah. me, I've worked very hard on it. Um, all right. Well, before we uh, we move on, I, this is something I've been holding on to for a while. I've been saving it for a rainy day, and uh, it is a rainy day. So Queer Tea, when they're not posting questionable uh, things they find on Reddit, they actually make very good lists. And back in December, at the end of December, they made a list of the 10 best queer movies of the decade, as in the decade that just ended. Or if you want to be exact, which there's still one more year of it. But we know what we're talking about. The, two, the 2010s. And uh, I actually like this list. I think they pretty much hit all the, the, the ones I would have mentioned. And number 10, I'm sure is a favorite of yours, Simon. It's Love, Simon. Yay. Yeah, that's a good name, that movie. Did you like it? It's cute. It's very cute. This is, a, of course, about the gay teenager uh, in high school who finds love and acceptance. And uh, it was really a very feel-good movie. It was probably the first gay romantic comedy involving a teenager. I like your boots. Yeah. Number nine is Vito, which is a wonderful documentary about Vito Russo. Um, Right when I graduated college, I saw a documentary called The Celluloid Closet that was based on Vito Russo's book. Vito Russo was a film. He was many things. But one of the things he was was he was a film historian, openly queer film historian during the 70s and 80s. And he did an exhaustive search of film archives. He went around the world and looked up, found obscure films in, in you know, university libraries and so forth and went to movie studios. And he created essentially a queer archive of film and showed people, he would tour the country and lecture and show people the, the evolution of homosexuality as it was depicted in the movies. You know, from the very beginning, from the late 1800s all the way through the time he lived, which was the 80s. And this is a documentary about Vito, um, directed by Jeffrey Schwartz. I recommend it highly. Number eight, it came out recently. I still haven't seen it. Boy Erased. Did either of you watch it? Oh, that's the one with conversion therapy, isn't it? Yes. The trouble with this is like... You must feel like a gay person, you should see these movies, but you know it's going to be so traumatic. Like, just, I feel the same. I kind of have a hard time. Certain bad, like, cert, like I can watch that Luca Magnotti documentary and I'm fine. Mm-hmm. But do I have to watch a drama about something horrible? I don't need to see the pain. Be, yeah. yeah. It's Lucas Hedges or Hodges is the, the star of it, and he's a wonderful actor. I, it's on HBO Go, which I have, so I should watch it. Uh, the Skin I Live In is number seven. This just came out. This is the latest from Pedro Almodovar, starring. Oh, wait, no. It's. Is this the latest? Someone Google The Skin I Live In. Pedro Almodovar is that uh, Spanish director who puts Antonio Banderas in all of his movies. Mm-hmm. And there's one that just came out that was nominated for awards. The skin that I live in was a few years ago. I think you're right. That was the one where he created, he creates like a It was created 2011. Yeah. 2011. 2011. Antonio Banderas leads the cast with a terrific performance. And as usual, Almodovar relishes, relishes silky, beautiful images rife with sensuality. Um, 
And yet, it's also kind of a horror movie. Hmm. Well, he keeps her trapped and he creates a layer of skin for her. Oh, my. Uh, number six is Can You Ever Forgive Me, which I loved with Melissa McCarthy. This is based on a real story of this uh, lesbian writer who was failing as a writer. She she had had a little bit of success, but she was now down on her luck and broke and couldn't get a, a book deal. So she started forging letters from famous people. She forged letters from Noel Coward. She forged letters from uh, Dorothy Parker and sold them um, for thousands of dollars to collectors. There's apparently a market for, for rare letters written by famous people. And the letters were so good. You know, she found the right paper and she had 10 different typewriters she would use according to what year the letter was to have been written. And she got the voice just right. She was ultimately busted. But Melissa McCarthy gives an incredible performance of this very unlikable heroine who you, you wind up really liking. Uh, number five, How to Survive a Plague, which I did watch. Fabulous documentary about the AIDS crisis and all of the activists who led the way, like Larry Kramer and Peter Staley. Um, number four is a movie that Ryan Frostig forced me to watch, and I was, I'm so happy that he did. Have you guys seen Tangerine? No. Oh, my God. JB, you would <laughs> love it. Tangerine, it <laughs> tan, Tangerine was made on an iPhone mm-hmm. using all non-professional actors. It's about trans women living in Los Angeles. And it's basically one night in their life. And a director, the director basically walked into the LGBTQ center and recruited non-actors to kind of play themselves, even though there was a script. It's a phenomenal movie. The acting is great. The directing is great. You cannot believe this thing was made on an iPhone. It really looks like a high quality film. And it's captivating. It's it's maybe the best movie I've ever seen about trans people because it's it's them. You know, it's real. The director went on to make The Florida Project, which was nominated for an Oscar for uh, its star, Willem Dafoe. And his name is uh, not here. <laughs> but honestly, you guys, stream Tangerine. Number three is Call Me By Your Name, the movie that everybody else loves and I hate. I avoided it. It's terrible. Yeah. This was with Timothy Chalamet and Army Hammer. He's a gay teenager with his wealthy family in Italy for the summer. And Army Hammer is a, uh, a 20-something tutor that he becomes sexually and romantically involved with. I thought it was just a big snooze and one of those art films that everyone says is so amazing and the critics love and it gets all the Academy Award nominations and I fucking hate it. But Queerty <coughs> says it's the number three movie of the decade. Number two movie of the decade is called 5B. It's a documentary that chronicled the terror accompanying the spread of AIDS um, and a ward that was called, you know, Ward 5B at San Francisco's General Hospital that offered refuge, love, and hope to these men who were dying when nobody else wanted anything to do with them. I have not seen this. This is one that will be very difficult to watch, but apparently worth it. And the number one movie of the decade... You guys don't have the list in front of you, right? No. Simon, you want to take it? Oh, you know, you I, heard me talking earlier. It's Moonlight. Oh, of course, yes. Moonlight, which won the Academy Award for Best Picture. Yay! Although La La Land was announced accidentally. It was, in fact, Moonlight. Um, A beautiful, beautiful film. And I believe we have a clip of um, when the the two boys first discover their feelings for each other on the beach. That breeze feels good as hell, man. Yeah, it do. Sometimes around the way where we live, 
You can catch that same breeze. Just come through the hood and it's like everything stopped for a second. Because everyone just want to feel it. Everything just gets quiet, you know? And it's like all you can hear is your own heartbeat. Right? What a beautiful, beautiful movie. I recommend it highly. I think I did enjoy that movie. I think the one they left out was from a couple years ago. It was a trans woman was the star. She was Mexican. A fantastic woman, I believe it's. Does anyone? Boys? Anyway, that one got a lot of acclaim and nominations and it probably should be on the list. But, but those are 10 movies that if you haven't seen, you absolutely should. Now it's time for our weekly Pride update. Hit it, Ann Steele. <laughs> We're still very early in Pride season. Not a lot of celebrations happening. But if you're in New Zealand, it's Auckland Pride Festival, February 1st through 16th. Simon, have you ever been to New Zealand? I haven't, but they're in the middle of their summer now, so it makes sense. There you go. It's probably a very gay-friendly place, I imagine. Yeah, New Zealand's great. And they have a a pride that goes on for 16 days, so there's nothing bad about that. (laughs) Happy Safe Pride, New Zealand, Auckland. I'd like to go someday. I've never been there or Australia. And now it's time for our guest segment. And I'm so excited that they're here and they're beautifully dressed. Our studio guests today are making their triumphant return to the ash. They are both TV producers as well as the hosts of a delightful Facebook live show called Mindless Chatter. We are always happy to see their handsome faces and get their take on the latest pop culture headlines. Today they'll be giving us... What did that mean? Today they will be giving us all the best dirt on celebrity couples, who's hot, who's not, and why are we all so goddamn obsessed with wow. Jennifer Aniston's love life? Please give a warm-ass welcome to Brian Balthazar and Lauren Roosh. I like returning to the ass. That's a great line. Return to the ass. Thank you. Thank you for having us back to the ass. You're well, Brian, you're in a, a jacket and tie. I am, yeah. You've got a brooch. So you look very dapper. You look like Thank you're you. on your way to a, to a country club from the 1950s. I'm going to a tea this afternoon, <laughs> truthfully. A tea. A tea. You look a little yeah. bit like a school prefect. From, uh, I, 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 in in yeah. the UK, all the schools have uniforms, and I used yeah. to have a little badge like yeah, that. Yeah, should have I... like 10 more people dressed exactly like exactly. me crossing the street. I'm going to a sex party this afternoon, oh. so it's kind of the same So I thing. see you're also addressed for the yes. occasion. <laughs> We're both dressed. <laughs> very Muppet, yeah. Boys, every, every cover of every supermarket tabloid, yeah. all of them, it's, all it is is celebrity couples. It's Why true. are we so obsessed with the, the, love lives, the loved lives of people that we're never going to meet? Celebrities, they're just like us. <laughs> are they like us? <laughs> because they aren't like us. They are yeah. supposed to have everything perfect. You know, like they're supposed to look perfect. There's every life is supposed to be perfect in the life of a celebrity. So when there's a trouble in paradise, but that's one part of it. I think that we like to kind of like live voyeuristically and be like you know voyeuristic about their love lives. And when things start to go wrong, that's a you know almost a little bit of schaden, Schadenfreude. Yeah. You know that it's not always all that perfect, and we kind of relish that. I think it's bit. kind of fun to like imagine your life in. The their skin and then it's put your, also put e- your mouth right in front of that I'm sorry <laughs> it's right kind up of, to the ass. It, feels, in the ass it feels good to put your life in their skin so to speak but then it also feels good to kind of judge someone when things go yeah. wrong and so it's a kind of good dichotomy of both of those but things. also then there are those aspirational couples that we just wanted to work out for like yes. and that's why i've been just so fascinated by this 
Brad and Jen thing that has been going on. They've been split since 2005, and people have not been able to let it go. But it is the classic Hollywood story, like not since Liz Taylor and Richard Burton. All the cheating and the, you know how they split up was such a big deal. Well, we're going to get villain. we're going to get to the latest chapter in a, in a moment. But yeah. I feel like Jennifer Aniston more than any other person in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. She's the target of everyone's obsession when it comes to her love life. Yes. Every single one of her relationships mm-hmm. makes the cover. And it doesn't just make the cover once. It's every week yeah. for 20 years. The woman, I mean, let's be honest. Jennifer Aniston isn't really known for, for having a very distinguished career post Friends. She's made a couple good movies and she's, you know, we love her and we all love Jennifer Aniston. But really, she was on a hit sitcom 20 years ago. And yet yeah. every single week. She's with this person. She's with this person. She's yeah. back together. She's divorced. She, yeah. Why do we care so much because about her? Because she is the sister or the best friend that every single person wishes that they had. So you're on her side. You want her to be happy. You want to go on this ride with her. You and want who to hasn't be- been cheated on? Who hasn't been cheated on at least once and been but like... how do we know that she's not just a total nightmare? We don't, but I, I don't think she is. But also, by the way, have you seen her in the morning show? She's fantastic in the morning I show. I want to watch, but I don't have Apple Plus, and I refuse oh. to subscribe to one more She is fantastic. Service. And I do think sometimes there are very few... Few, if you really think about it, you know there are very few actors and actresses that are not cast as anything but themselves. Yes, people cast people want to see Jen Aniston be Jen Aniston right. in most movies, with the exception of the Meryl Streeps and the Nicole Kidman's. Most people you hire when you see Channing Tatum in a movie, he's playing Channing Tatum in the movie as an action hero. Tom Cruise plays himself as an act- action hero. Up until Hustlers, I think yeah. the same was true for J Lo. But I don't know if you guys saw that, but that was totally a different. She beast. was great. Yeah. So when She's someone great. gets to break that mold and and. Be be someone else, I think uh, that's when we really get to see what they're really made of. And I think Jen Aniston really, uh, I mean, I guess make it sound like I know her. Jen, as I like <laughs> to call her. Your good friend, Jen. My good friend, Well, you Jen. have met, like, everyone. Have you ever met her? I've, met, I've not met her. I have not. I've been in a lot of the same rooms as people and not and, and met a lot of people, but... <laughs> Just stalking them <laughs> I have quietly. not, you know, I've been at award shows and things like that, but I have not met her personally. But you usually hear something, too. You usually hear a buzz, and you don't always say it. But um, about whether someone's likable or not, I think she is likable. I think that the buzz is good around her. Well, she came back into the spotlight in a big way uh, over this past month because she was nominated for a Golden Globe for the um, for the morning show. Morning show. Yeah. She didn't win the Globe. No, she didn't. But she did win the SAG Award, and right. we have a little bit of sound from that. Oh, great! I was thinking back to when I was a, a little girl, and I would—I um, didn't have a VCR, but I had a tape recorder, and I would tape. Laverne Shirley, Happy Days, and uh, on my little tape deck, and I would listen to these episodes in my head, and I would just think, I'm going to one day, I'm going to do that. I really know I'm going to get out of this house. It's another story. And I'm going to be on there. I'm going to be that. And then I got a Bob's Big Boy commercial, and I got into SAG. And that's, that was a hum- we were humble beginnings, but you have to start somewhere. So I just have to say, I'm so grateful for... Yeah. yeah, I have so to say that sweet. was a big win for a lot of reasons because she, I thought she was going to win the Golden Globe because the Hollywood Foreign Press is this like group of like 76 writers and they Friends is their favorite show. Right. And they love Jennifer Aniston and they love, they have their favorites. They always have had these historically, these people that they love because it's just a small group. They have parties and people go and, you know, people network for awards and they, you know, it's well known that that happened. So when she didn't get that, I thought, oh wow, she probably isn't going to get the SAG award. So this is a big deal. But the bigger deal. There was, was a much bigger story happening backstage. Exactly. Brad Pitt. 
you know, her ex was watching on a monitor and then she came backstage and there were these pictures and then surveillance. It was like the Zapruder film. People, yeah. the way people well, were analyzing. I like it. the person who Instagrammed the video of Brad watching the speech backstage mm, on so the crazy. screen. It mm-hmm. was it was really like a peek behind the curtain because we never get to see backstage right. at the right. award shows. Right. Now, they there's rumors that they were kissing, that they were hugging. What actually, what, what do we know happened backstage between the two of them? I don't know if they kissed or hugged backstage. Yeah. I'm not privy to that information. But I think that it's so crazy how much this has been blown out of proportion. I think it's so sweet when exes could have a life together. I know that my parents were divorced and became best friends later mm-hmm. in life. And I think that there's something about rooting for someone that you just had a history with and a past with. And sure, we've all made mistakes and things have gone wrong. But I think in the end, it was just two friends that were there to support each right. other. And he, I mean, the thing is, you look at him and he does look a little wistful and happy for her in that moment. And then there's this exchange where, which we first saw only in photographs, these three photographs mm-hmm. that people turn into GIFs and they were like rotate, like trying to analyze where, um, Forensic he holds on to her. Yeah. It was like CSI zoom in, amplify, <laughs> um, all that stuff that doesn't actually really happen. <laughs> right. Um, and she, he grabs her wrist and he actually grabs it. Like you're, li- they literally had body language experts on, on television <laughs> saying like, she's not interested, but he's got, that's a dominant, like, you know, that right, he was like, trying to- at one, it, in one of the pictures, it looks like she's trying to pull, pull away, away from yeah. him and she's got her hand in the air. Like yeah. I gotta go. Yeah. And he's like, wait. Yeah. And then they found, <laughs> Believe it or not, Daily Mail posted the the video of that moment, and it does look like she kind of flings his hand away. But the truth is, this is a chaotic scene back there, and pre- and publicists are saying, "Come here, they need you to go to the stand." Right. You know, they're, they're She's like being grab- pulled away. But right. also, no one knows the dynamics of them. I could do the same thing with you. Right. You could they're, jokingly go, 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 fling yeah. my hand, and yeah, it doesn't have- mean that you dislike me. But here's what's weird: like a, a week or two before the SAG Awards, I happened to be in the supermarket, and I saw a cover that said. Jen, Brad Pitt was at Jennifer Aniston's Christmas party and her and they, birthday party and, and his one of their birthday parties. And they seemed hers. very close. And so there was already this uh, the chum was already in the water mm-hmm. in terms of this possible right. reconciliation. And what I find most surprising is if you remember the history, he was married to her when he started That's the correct. affair with Angelina. Yeah. He yeah. cheated on her and yeah. left her yes. for Angelina and revealed it. I believe publicly before like it, 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 before know. she had announced it or before she could really get her bearings. And she gave an interview to Vanity Fair about a year or two later where she said, I think there's a, a Sensit- chip yeah, missing the sensitivity in his brain. Chip. I think it was the sensitivity chip. Yeah. One of those, one of those ouch. So it's hard to imagine <laughs> that, that she would take him back. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I think it's hard to imagine too. I think that they probably, there's some level of forgiveness, obviously. And I think he, uh, did, he you know, and some people some, are just meant to play different roles in your life, not to get like super metaphysical. But I remember even my own mom saying at one point, she goes, your dad was not meant to be my husband. He was meant to be my best friend. Certain people make you right, laugh. They could just be becoming They could friends. just be yeah. really good friends. Yeah. And, and that would be an awesome, right. sweet, beautiful story. Yeah. And I also think that they are keenly aware, probably Jennifer more than Brad even that any move they make at that location that they were in is going to be, is, is, it, she knew exactly what was going to happen when she, when that happened, when she, whether she or not, she flung him away because she was busy or because she was like, j- not here. Like it, I think she's keenly aware of what will happen afterwards. Um, and so I, I don't, Imagine they'll get. I don't want them to get together. Truthfully, that's what it is. Why do we want them to get together? I think you know because they're both very, beautiful and famous. Yeah, it's but true. I want better for her. 
I, right. know, I always feel like she's very classy. Yeah. And I feel like, and yet, find someone new. And yeah, yet, Simon, agreed. we all liked Justin Th- Thoreau. We all thought Justin Thoreau would be a great husband to her and vice versa. Yeah. And that didn't last yeah. more than two years. Mm-hmm. There's something about Jennifer Aniston that makes it hard to stay married to her. I don't know what it is. To oh, me, she's wow. Seen, come on. <laughs> I mean, yeah. she, the, the woman has a... I mean, yeah. listen, I'm 50 and single, so I'm yeah. not uh, yeah. throwing any stones in glass houses. But, but there's something... There's something problematic with her relationship well, history. We don't for know. Sure. We, we don't know what happened. Well, either in either scenario, we don't know who left who in the Justin Thoreau story. Truly, I mean, the truth is, you never really know what happened behind those closed Whom? doors. Good, thank you. Oh, right, you these great proper English <laughs> posts on Facebook. Um, now you guys have done something fun for us, uh, and this is, I believe, is an ass exclusive. You've <laughs> you've created a list of senior superlatives. We have for uh, Hollywood's most uh, most famous and infamous couples, yeah. and you've broken them into categories. Yeah. So we're Lauren gonna, and I have nothing but time. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> so I, we only have fifteen minutes left. So I'm not sure we'll get through all. 20, that, that's 20 categories. Well, we can do the favorites. Pick your favorites. your favorites. Yeah. All right. So let's start with, um, well, let's do most controversial. I like that one. <laughs> Who did we say? You, <laughs> you said Kellyanne Conway and George Conway. Oh, I mean, I mean, okay, I mean come you, on. That is crazy. It does lead people to think that maybe Kelly's the leak in the White House because George is so vehemently anti-Trump and she is at least publicly very supportive of Trump. But remember, before she worked for Donald Trump, she spoke vehemently against him in, uh, when she was – who was she working for? Um, Rick – Perry? I, I think so. Yeah. Or, um, or, um, or uh, Cruz. Cruz. It, it Ted might be Ted Cruz, Cruz yeah. Don't so, you wonder what their home life is like, though? Right. Like, what do they talk about? Like, everything that well, they, they, they have They must is... only talk about politics, because if you're a Washington power couple, that's all you talk right. about. Oh, well, my God. Remember that's the, your entire life is a yeah. point of contention and stress. But do you remember the couple, I, I um, Mary Madeline yeah. and... Um, I knew you were say that. Right. Yeah. And, and so there was, at that time, there was some odd charm about it because there was a level of affection between them that came across when they were at public events. Well, that was and, when Democrats and Republicans could uh, still shake hands yeah. and work together. And it together. was also before Twitter and it was also before Donald Trump. But there was, there, it was This is before a lot. And now this, I think the stakes just didn't feel as high. Although I read time. recently that there's some statistic that there's a lot of split households. I mean, there are a lot of families yeah. that have members of the different parties as part they of the household and it but seems to work out. Work for the president, right. Touché, you know, and yeah. it, you are you are potentially sabotaging your spouse's job. By, Absolutely, you know. I, I think. Listen, if she is the leak, and if she really is secretly anti-Donald, she's the best actress right. I've ever seen. And I don't she's necessarily forgive Street. it. I don't, and I don't forgive it, it yeah. at all. It makes me hate her more. Yeah. Right. I, I I don't know what the arrangement is. I can't imagine that she's happy with. Do they him. have children? Yes. See, I, I think that's one where they literally, politics is probably a no-go conversation whatsoever. Maybe so, house. yeah. I think it just all gets left at the door. Yeah. And everything about her is just work opportunism. Yeah. And SNL had a very funny uh, marriage story parody with the two of them. Let's move on to Sexiest Couple, which I believe, uh, I agree 100% with your choices. You had a straight couple and a gay couple under okay. the, the most sexy. Uh, so we had Joe Mangiarello and Sofia Vergara. Yes. Right. Hottie Bubalotti's both of them. Oh my That's God. Language, Lauren. <laughs> Hottie Bubalotti uses that a lot. Lauren, this is a G rated show. No. So stop being a cunt. Keep it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Such language. Um, and then Ricky Martin. Basically, Ricky Martin and anyone. And anyone. Like, yeah. How do you say his husband's name? Is it Juan? Like you said. Juan? Yeah. They are Juan gorgeous. Yosef? They are just gorgeous. Ricky Martin just posted a series of photographs on Instagram, and he looks every bit as good looking, or if not more, 
than I think he ever has. He's aging very well. Yeah, I don't think he could even take a bad candid shot. Like, if I take a candid shot, I feel like it looks like a Jenny Craig before photo. (laughs) And I think that every picture that he's in looks amazing. I love when you do topical humor. I love it. It's very, very current. Jenny Craig. Do you have any Rona Barrett references? I'm more of a head of Harper fan. Hopper. 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 Cancel the show. Joe Joe Manganiello is one of those guys I just want him to kind of like lie on top of me until I slowly suffocate. Like I, he, that sounds I, fun. I yeah. want to die underneath him. <laughs> and Sofia Vergara yeah. is not only so beautiful, but so funny yeah, and talented is. that you just, I'm obsessed. you want to hang out with her. Yes, now, totally. There was another couple that I think could have been sexiest, but you put them under best dressed. And this yeah. is uh, Nick Jonas and Priyanka Chopra. Yeah. I mean, they are gorgeous. There's no doubt about it. Um, but they also are super stylish. I like their style. I they, do. They had some interesting getups for oh, the Globes. Although Nick has been going a little fitted, like his head's <laughs> an ill-fitted suit recently, but who am I to judge? Who yeah, am I to judge? I think that's a thing right now. Yeah. But yes, I would be Ill happy. Ill-fitting is in. I, I just want to put it out there in case any of the Jonas Brothers listen to this podcast. I would have sex with any one of you. <laughs> which right. which the is the one who married Game of Thrones? What, what, which what? is the one who married Game of Thrones? Oh, oh my God. Don't ask me. I identify the Jonas Brothers. There's Nick. There's... Uh, Joe and then uh, Groucho, Harpo, <laughs> right. Chico, Hedda, Hedda, Hedda Jonas. She's the sister that no one talks about. You'd like to get a Hedda Jonas? <laughs> yeah, I really would. I'd like to give give some Hedda Jonas. Right, give it. You get uh, it. No, well, I know who Rona. you mean. He married right, Sophie Turner. Yeah. Yes. Oh, was it God. Joe then? Because I, I thought it was Nick, and now I've Joe Jonas. Like, I must Joe, have been Joe okay. Jonas. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, Joe Judice. <laughs> Right, exactly. Uh, now you had uh, most glamorous again of a, a sexy couple. Definitely, she is. Right, J Lo and A Rod. J Lo and A Rod, and this is one that yeah. I think people are surprised that it's lasted as long as it well, has. This is her sixth engagement and fifth marriage. If the marriage happens, Jesus right? Christ. And so I, I wonder. Do okay. I ask the group. Do we think that it will last? I. I, we talk. You talk about Jay, Jennifer Aniston having being hard to be married to. Uh, I, which I'm not sure about, but I wonder if J Lo is hard to be married. I don't know what's happening here. I'm going to tell you a little bit of insider gossip that tell I me, know please. from back when she and Ben Affleck were together. Yes, if you remember, Ben. That's when Ben Affleck went through like his first serious um, breakdown as yeah. far as mm-hmm. drinking possibly drugs, gambling. His life kind of fell apart during the year that they were engaged and it was, mm-hmm. um, what were they called? Oh, such ben- a ben- Benifer, Benifer. And there was such mm-hmm. a spotlight on them and it was all style and runway, runways right. and ray carpets. I know someone who knew him at the time and she said that he was so completely miserable living the way J-Lo wanted to live because mm-hmm. J-Lo very much courted mm-hmm. the paparazzi and the... Mm-hmm the limelight and everything she did was for show. Mm -hmm. And that was the opposite Mm -hmm. of Ben. Ben really just is like a quiet laid back guy who just wants to Mm -hmm. chill and not. And when he's not in a movie, he doesn't want to be seen. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, and that when he, and that there was actually an intervention among his friends to get her away mm-hmm. from him interesting. because wow. she was destroying him. Interesting. Well, Not like, because she is a bad person or because she wanted to destroy him, just because like they had completely yeah. different yeah. ideas of what being yeah. in a relationship was. Yeah. And really, I do think there is a culture, a, a necessity of cultivation for female actresses and performers that is just different. I think there is an element of that that is part of the job requirement that she was, you know, she, I'm, I think she, I think you're absolutely right. And I think that's something that probably continues. Obviously she, she enjoys knows how to work it, but it also, also is like, I think a part of how she became such 
a, a magnet for the attention today. But does, like, does that part of you go away over time, or is that just part of who you always I, are? I, I think Demi it, Moore I think, went away. I think, yes. Right. But Madonna has stayed. It's right. Same yes. type. And exactly. I think J-Lo's yeah. much more in that Madonna frame. I think it's frame. indicative you've got a, a whole... That yeah. can never be filled, mm-hmm. right. and you're trying to fill. But they're it with, also yeah. powerful women in, in a so. position of celebrity. Again, it's always that if it was a man doing it, it wouldn't notice so much. But it's something right. that seems of unfeminine about. There's sexism right. to this critique, yeah, yeah. but she's also managed to keep it, keep her relevant through all yeah. of this. Yeah. So she's seen the benefit of this lifestyle. Yeah. But the truth is, and yes, there's sexism, but but that's also that is endemic to the culture of celebrity too. Like the truth is, on a red carpet, six black tuxedos look the same. Mm-hmm. Yes, the photographers mm-hmm. are Unless not. One of them's and, worn by Billy Porter, and he's and got the, a pink train. Right, exactly. Right. And the truth is, the majority of the photographers are male. Like that, that's just the reality. Yeah. You go to a red carpet and like 80% of the photographers that are paparazzi and celebrity photographers are male. That, I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying that's the fact. And so they're going to the women in the beautiful gowns that are colorful. And, and the other 20 are gay that also right. like the beautiful that's gowns. That's right, yeah. But it's also these, <laughs> these websites and these magazines that feature fashion and celebrity, they're, they're being geared toward women, mm-hmm. and women love to judge other women. Mm-hmm. They love, to, totally. they, they love totally. to say, oh my God, look how gorgeous she is, and they yeah. love to say, oh, what a fucking yeah. pig, she looks horrible. Yeah. 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 Well, it, and now, really, truthfully, thanks, it, it, never more obvious than on the internet, people just love to judge people, period. Which yes. is also goes back to why we care about celebrity couples. People are monsters. We're all the <laughs> worst. We're saying. Now, you have most fearless couple on here, uh, yeah. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. We were talking two weeks ago a little bit about Megxit. Mm-hmm. Here's what I want to know. Is it truly that they, they just cannot take life in, in the tabloid spotlight anymore? Or is this a marriage on the rocks? I don't think it's a marriage on the rocks. I don't either. I think it's a I marriage th- of strength. Yeah, I do. I don't think it's a marriage on the rocks because this is a lot to to give up for Harry if it's if it's not for something that there's a, com- a real commitment I mean, to there. me, that's what partnership is at its best. They yeah. have each other's backs. It's a hard decision, and it may be very controversial to half of the world, yeah. but if it's what's best for them and they're in it together, at least yeah. they're in it together. And he's now got a partner. He he, he was always a little bit uh, he, the, at our odds the with the monarchy. Sheep. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so... He was always painted out as it. It was, it was a role, that, and they, they, and they did it 30 years ago with Charles and Andrew. They always mm-hmm. wanted one to be the playboy and one to be the yeah. heir. It's, Let's cast it's, them. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just... Um, it's a reality it's show. It's the same way I used yeah. to cast all of these competition shows, and you cast for characters. Mm-hmm. So there's the person you assume will be the villain and the person mm-hmm. who you think will be the friendly one or whatever it is. Yeah. And I think it's kind of the same within the way that mm-hmm. society is judging that whole royal yeah. family. But Simon, Harry did do a lot of really shocking, unconventional things. He I sure did. Well, I he, mean, it, but he, was, he was a rich white boy. I mean, that, and that's what most of his... But William didn't do to. any of that stuff. But because Harry had a freer reign. There's always a freer reign. The heir is much yeah. I think he was kind of like the Princess Margaret of, of Well, again, because she he wasn't the heir. And right. he had fewer stakes because yeah, of that. Yeah. 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 And, and, and the thing that's the, the least relatable is the idea that in some form, they're in a prison in, inside those palace walls, which I do believe, like, it's got to be so isolating. I, 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 think, I think that's a, a very big thing. And for them, the big change is having the child. Mm-hmm. What the you end- can cope with is two adults and facing it, mm-hmm. even with her sort of yeah. more celebrity background. As soon as there's a child involved, yeah. the risk becomes much higher. Yeah, how and- smothering would that be? Truly, yeah, like, yeah. it could be a big, beautiful home, but you 
when you feel like you have no freedom and flexibility right. of any sort outside of that yeah. environment, and the, that British, and the British press is nasty. Oh, right? so yeah, it's nastier yeah. than it's reported here. Yeah. And uh, I mean, as soon as anything's Daily Mail mm-hmm. relevant, yeah. then yeah. it's it's yeah. it's torturous. And there were some ca- comparisons. They compared some of the headlines that of of yeah. Megan headlines versus Kate Middleton headlines, and they were it was really remarkable. Yeah. But the other things too is like. We don't know. She may be also suffering from postpartum depression, too. And imagine compounding the life that she's got with any kind of postpartum depression would be really difficult. She definitely seems very unhappy. And thanks, JB. I I think, though, the the counter narrative is she knew what she was signing up for. Right. You you, but you marry she, a but royal. But to know yeah. what you're signing up for and to know what it feels like to live in that world might be two very different And also your, your assumption is, is that she is the one driving this. And I don't think that's true. I think he is the one who, because who, it's, his, it's his status, and he is the one going, mm-hmm. what is my future going to but be? But if your wife is the, miserable and your wife says, I cannot do this anymore, so we either have to leave or but again, you I'm don't. Gonna leave, you, or I'm going to leave. But you don't know that's her. Saying I don't. Any I'm of this. just saying. It I, I could think have been. he is the one driving this. He is the one whose mother died oh. from press-related everything. Oh. He has a mm. wife he wants to protect and mm-hmm. a child he wants to protect, yeah. and he is in a role that will become increasingly less relevant as the yeah. years go on. And to your point, like that's she, she had a perception of what she was signing up for, and and it was the checklist that's in some ways probably felt not unlike celebrity. Well, and going and, back but to, we it, don't know what it was really like. Right. And going back to what Adam was saying before like if there's that hole that's there just thinking that you're going to be a celebrity or think you're going to be the princess doesn't necessarily fill that hole so simon, inside simon you don't buy any of the negative press about her about how she's you know famously difficult and never no. happy and no, a I diva didn't, I, didn't, and, I didn't think any of that's true i mean I, I, she does have big issues with her family yeah and and her family are always that she gets no support from her family they're always dead. Dead. they're always jabbing her yeah. dad yeah. is appalling and, and, and i don't say that about anybody and, but and yeah. the, the yeah, stepsister is always Awful. on the news doing it as well i mean so even she doesn't even get that support yeah. on her yeah. side yeah. uh most surprising couple on your list and i didn't even it surprised me because i didn't know they were a couple <laughs> bill Hader and rachel bilson yeah she, they were well, and who knows the extent of their relationship but they were on the red carpet recently uh together and everyone was like what that's a thing, Ooh. which you know, and that's sometimes pub- that's that's the platform in which some celebrities kind of make their own. Richard Wilson was on the OC. Is that yeah, not thinking of the yeah, right person? Yeah. yeah, I think it's fun to have a surprise celebrity couple because it seems like so many of yeah. them are just so aware. It's all you hear about. So when you see two people that you are familiar with on a red carpet, and you didn't know they were together. There's mm-hmm. something that's kind of fun about. I that. had no idea Lisa Bonet and Jason Momoa were together. Isn't that amazing? I was completely shocked, and they've been together for a right, long time. Right. They have a child together. Yeah, They're, and they have a 12 year age difference with her being older. I yes. Think it's just Awesome. And like a 250 pound weight difference. Yeah. Jason Momoa is a giant, but, and Lisa Bonet is like Isn't that a, the thing that's most interesting? You want to kind of know how it works. Right. That's you the do. one you, you're that's always the trying you to cast to that relationship, yeah, right? Yeah, that's. But I'm not surprised by those two because, first of all, those SNL guys, they get a lot of hot tail. Mm, Women mm-hmm. love funny men. Mm-hmm. You know, you have Scarlett Johansson, most yeah. beautiful actress in the yeah. world, probably the most successful actress at the moment, mm-hmm. and she's with Colin Jost, yeah. who's the Weekend Update yeah, guy. That's so funny. Yeah, um, there was a great red carpet moment with um, Jason Momoa, and and one of the this was like maybe six months or a year ago, and a reporter asked him to do like a dance or a scream from one of his films, and Lisa Bonet was like, "Oh no, uh uh-uh. uh." 
Like it, she just shot She's it down boss. immediately. And it was like, okay. Yeah. Like it was like she, whether she was just swooping in to save him or was just like not having it. Or, she's cool I, as shit. I bet she's the total dominant one in that oh, yeah. relationship. She's always like not, not to, had, had zero fucks for anything. If, if you guys want to laugh your ass off, watch the drunk history episode where they cover San Francisco and Lisa Bonet plays Mary Ellen Pleasant. <laughs> Really? A, a black okay. woman who who uh, was uh, quite an accomplished person in the late 1800s. Anyway, um, finally, uh, this is my what? favorite one. Most uh, imaginary? No, not most imaginary. The it was Donald and Melania. Most unconvincing. Most, most unconvincing <laughs> couple. Donald Trump and Melania. There is, I mean, talk about ridiculous. Other. She just she cannot. That she did not know what she signed up for. Brian Balthazar and Lauren Roosh. How can people follow you on the interwebs? Uh, I'm at Brian Balthazar and pretty much everything. I'm at, at Lauren Roosh, which is L O R E N R U C H. Or Hadi Badubadadi. What is it? Hadi or Hadi Bubaladi. You should register that immediately. Where can people watch Mindless Chatter? Facebook. We have a mindless chatter page you can just fi- find us both on facebook and yeah. then or mindless chatter thank you so much for coming on thank, thank you, you for having having us. And plug yourself uh there's no need just next time i'm here you'll hear me again jb <laughs> plug yourself on the ass stalking anarchy 12 on instagram thank you everyone the ass will be back next week with a brand new episode <laughs> guest co-host steve cesaro and our very special guest peter page from queer as folk will be oh, here wow. don't oh. forget to download my last comedy album follow me me on twitter and instagram at adam sank have a great week bitches Yay!